we've been gone so long, I guess we owe some teams and some people some congratulations as we welcome you to this 355th episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Mike Jansen, Chris Fluke with you. And before we get into the news and notes of the day, we have to welcome back the boss who's been gone on a well-earned vacation. And uh, you have any stories or do we have to uh, tell anybody about the Royal Mounted Police got involved somewhere or anything good like that from your two weeks sabbatical or just good, wholesome fun? (laughs) Uh yeah, well the weather wasn't great for beaching. We went oh, once, really? yeah. So then the and the water. Did you get that smoke yet, out so. there too? No, oh, okay. no. So that was that was one good thing about going to the Okanagan early. But I had uh, drinks one night with our Vancouver bureau chief in Vancouver, and so that was really nice. And uh, went to Edmonton and got to spend time with a good friend of mine, and we got to uh, feel like. Canadians, even though we live out in Western Canada, has the uh, basketball team had a nice night there in Game Six, and so uh, yes, yeah, so that was that was fun to do, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was great. But I think that's my first ever sixteen day vacation in my life, so um, it was really really nice. <laughs> actually, it felt actually felt like a vacation. I don't I don't want to do any less than two weeks anymore for vacations. One week doesn't feel like enough. Two weeks feels like wow, okay, that's that's a real vacation. If you're in a good spot, I think sometimes if if two weeks can be long, if you're stuck in a spot and it's not working out well, like if the oh. weather is bad or something oh, like yeah, that, sure. that, that might be a bit much. I found about 12 and 13 days about perfect. Oh, I see. I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying you have to be gone for two weeks. No, I get I'm, that. Just but off work again, a lot of times you're stuck on a boat, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're stuck on an island. Your flight doesn't, whatever. And, and uh, sometimes two weeks can be a bit much. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And a week just seems like you got there and you're already planning your trip back. Mm-hmm. But sometimes a, a second week can be a bit much. <laughs> Lord knows I've been on enough vacations lately that... Uh, Sometimes time is the enemy if if there are some extenuating circumstances out there. Like, again, the weather, um, I don't know. Maybe you're not getting along with your significant other. The kids are being assholes, whatever. But uh, I found about 12 or 13 days to be about the perfect number. Uh, Seven days on a cruise is never enough because... You're, like I said, you're just getting just getting acclimated to the routine of, of being on a boat because my wife and I like to go on cruises. And because, again, remember episode number whatever, I don't camp. Chris doesn't <laughs> camp. Again, and I know the name has changed, but camping for me is the Monte Carlo instead of the Venetian. Um, but 12 days seems to be about perfect. With With cruises... I've been on a couple. My wife has, and my wife gets seasick too easily. I get the opposite of seasick. I feel like a million bucks on a boat. Really? I, I sleep better. I, get, I feel great. I have no problem on the boat itself. I have problems like you can take those side trips, and like one time there was a all the booze you can drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was in the Eastern Caribbean with Holland America. Great. And there's a plug right there for Holland America. I've been on all of them, and Holland America has been the best for us. Um, I know if you have kids, it's probably Disney, but you want a vacation. Why would you bring your fucking kids on the boat with you? Forget <laughs> it. Exactly. Um, but Holland America was really good. And I got on one of those catamarans, I think they call them. Yeah, yeah. And they hit every freaking wave and you're trying to drink your face off because it's free, right? But I got sicker than a dog on that. On the On the boat itself, I was fine. But on the little catamaran, 
not so good. Um, a lot of things to talk about when you've been gone for two weeks or whatever it is, but it's good to be back here on, again, episode 355 of Unscripted. And before I get started, I guess we need to uh, acknowledge a lot of people that have been in our absence. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but in our absence, according to the boss, we've had record, record number of downloads the last couple of days of Unscripted. So I thank all of you. We thank all of you. I uh, hope that continues. My one scary thing thought here is, you know, in my weird head, is that if they're taking and, and pulling us down and downloading us on record numbers when we haven't been here for two weeks, it'll be interesting to see what happens when these new episodes come out. If the, dro- download, <laughs> if the downloads dry up, that's probably telling us something. But... Congratulations to us and thank you to you folks for uh, keeping us in your memory banks because uh, it's it's a little heartwarming when this is more work than you think it is. It is for me anyway, and I don't do half of the stuff that Chris does, but it's nice. It's a reward kind of when uh, people are seemingly appreciating what you're doing or maybe they're using it to, I don't know, scour me. That's fine. Um, don't scour mm-hmm. Chris. He doesn't say anything preposterous. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who swears all the time, remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank you again, and uh, hope that uh, that pattern continues, because that makes it a lot easier um, to continue to do these episodes. And now that we're working on episode number 355, we're over a third of the way to a 1,000. Also, and you know my relationship with Orenthal James Simpson. I do have to make mention as we're broadcasting here. Today is the 25-year anniversary of the famous Bronco chase around Los Angeles on the 405 San Diego Freeway. 25 years ago. And I mention that because that dipshit made an announcement over the weekend that he has joined Twitter because he says that he has, and I quote, he has a little getting even to do. I think the system still has some getting even to do with your sorry ass O.J. Simpson. So congratulations if you uh, do listen to Unscripted and you've heard the unkind things I've said about you in the past. Remember this. Everything I've said out of my mouth has been the truth. I, I worked during that time period when you were doing that unfortunate thing to two people in a... Uh, Brentwood, California community. I guess that wasn't Brentwood. That was an adjoining city, but it doesn't matter. What you did in L.A. 25 years ago uh, still obviously resonates, and uh, he now has a Twitter account. Be interesting to see. Well, actually, can I give some... Well, there's already news on this. Good, go. And it's and it's uh, stuff we'll like to hear. So the People guys, are telling him to fuck off. Well, that's for sure. Like, a lot of people are had the same reaction I did. Like, they can't even believe this is real this is kind of beyond parody but speaking of parody there's been a guy on twitter for the last couple years with a fairly believable oj simpson fake account like just kind of oh really yeah now this happens all the time like on twitter that you know any famous person's gonna have a hundred different accounts and that's why they do the the people call it a blue check mark but it's not it's a white check mark inside blue and that's how you know that that's the real person. They go and verify. So and that's, that's like person. the green check on LinkedIn. The green check on LinkedIn? LinkedIn has a green check that if they're one of your contacts. Oh, I see. I know what you're talking about. Um, well, no. this is, but this is just in general for everybody to see oh. if it if it has. It has nothing to do with if it's a connection of yours or if, if you're following. It's just, you know, if, let's say there's a hundred different Kim Kardashian accounts. 
well, one of them's going to have the check one's mark. One's legit. One's uh, actually the her. Rest, the 99 others are wannabes. Yeah. So anyway, there's been a guy with a fairly believable OJ account on Twitter for the last two years. And so OJ, the real OJ, has been on here for like less than 48 hours, and he's already getting in trouble. So this guy posted a message that he received from OJ. And let me just say it here. Like I said, delete the parody account, as you call it, or face serious consequences by me. I'll find your ass one way or another, so don't mess with me. I got nothing to lose. Grow up. Now, speaking of growing up. (laughs) (laughs) A leopard can't change its spots, and I know you can teach an old dog new tricks, but this old dog cannot be taught anything, cannot learn anything, and it's way too late to change. And then when when you add on all of the different anger that he uh and and issues he's developed on top of his old ones while he's been sitting in a cell for the last near decade this guy is just a complete mess and if he can't even get through 48 hours on twitter with without basically making a death threat just because somebody made a fake account which happens all the time this is the good thing about this is it's not going to last very long i was just going to ask you could that not constitute a threat of course that's a threat and when a when a two-time Yet to be convicted murderer, two-time convicted murderer in public opinion, is out there making threats like that. Obviously, I agree with my partner here that that's not going to last very long because there are a lot of people out there in the great world of ours that i got to believe that are a hell of a lot smarter than Orenthal James Simpson. That's for damn sure. Um, We've got some congratulations to give out from the wonderful and wacky world of sports. Obviously, we've got to start, well, we can start in a plethora of other places, but we'll start in the NBA because earlier this morning was the first ever Toronto Raptors championship parade in downtown Toronto. Good to see that the boys from the Raptors decided to stay an extra night in Las Vegas. I was happy and proud to see that. They went from Oakland last Thursday night to two nights in Las Vegas partying, and uh, they were only supposed to stay one day. But Larry Tannenbaum and the boys from Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment decided, well, what the hell? It's the first time it's happened ever. So hell yeah, stay an extra day on the team. Um, but congratulations to the Raptors. Um, I'm very happy for, well, none of them, because I really believe it should have been Milwaukee, goddammit. But no, in, in all honesty, let's give credit where credit is due. Nick Nurse did a hell of a job this year, obviously, as a first-time head coach in the NBA and he leads his team to an NBA championship, and he had the the aura, if you, if you will, of Kawhi Leonard hanging over his team all year long. And Kawhi, I'm not taking a shot at Kawhi, but what I'm saying is the, the biggest question all year long about the Raptors was, is Kawhi going to stay? If he wins a championship, is that enough? Fred, uh, Fred Van Fleet, who ended up being an unbelievably integral part of this championship for the Raptors. He took Danny Green's minutes in the second half and hit some huge shots for the Raptors, especially in game six in Oakland. Fred Van Fleet was awesome. And remember, this guy never got drafted. He was basically a walk-on with the Raptors from Wichita State, and he now has a championship ring. But Fred Fred Van Fleet says, hey, somebody asked him point blank, what are the chances of the Raptors keeping Kawhi Leonard? And Fred Van Fleet says, hey, The Raptors have done everything that they can. The organization, the city, the fans, they've all, you know, done everything. They've bent over backwards to show Kawhi Leonard that they want him to continue to be a member of the Toronto Raptors. 
This is only going to get amped up, folks, in regard to the talk of where Kawhi Leonard is going. And this is twofold because, first of all, the injuries to Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson, as tragic as they are, have really put a damper in what could have been an unbelievable offseason signing period. With the Achilles with Durant and the ACL with Thompson, how long are these two superstars going to be out? And obviously some teams' free agent plans have had to have changed. And then the Lakers do the unthinkable, unthinkable, whatever you want to call it, and they go out and get Anthony Davis. Cost them seven players, basically. It cost them three former number one draft choices in that ball bastard and Josh Hart and Brandon Ingram. And then they got three number ones from the Lakers and two of them are unprotected. And the first one happens in a week or so when they draft, they get the number four overall. So New Orleans did a very nice job. Mm -hmm. Very nice job. Credit, kudos, everything else to David Griffin. He went in there and did an unbelievable number for the New Orleans Pelicans with the job that they got. But we can talk about all their extracurricular stuff. Um, it's going to be we're going to be we're going to be hearing about this endlessly with the free agent signings in the NBA coming up. Their free agent period starts June the 30th. They've moved it up one day. The NHL starts on on uh, July the 1st. That's going to start. We've got some breaking news about some signings in the National Hockey League this morning. But first of all, sir, your comments on the first ever NBA championship North of the 49th parallel, congratulations to the Toronto Raptors. Well, first of all, just quickly, I did watch all of Game 6 at the bar, like I was saying when I was in Edmonton, and Fred Van Vliet, what a performance in Game 6. They don't win Game 6 without God, him. No. No. Not a chance. He was sinking clutch threes when it looked like they were starting to lose control of the game. Absolutely. And he was the MVP of that game, if nothing else. But Okay, well, we pretty much have to... Give credit where to do, like you said, and just say, look, this ridiculous, reckless, insane, all-in move by Masayu Jiri has paid off. Yep. It's totally worth it now, and we, like I think most people, went hard at it. You and I appreciate a good gamble as much as anybody, Yep. right? We enjoy our blackjack and our poker and our sports betting and all that stuff and our Vegas and you name it. We like that as much as anybody. But this was just so crazy. Trading your best player, DeMar DeRozan, to get Kawhi Leonard with an iffy injury history, with an iffy commitment history, with probably not going to resign with you and everything else. And then, you know, running a great coach out of town that was improving your team every year. And you bring in a guy that no one's ever heard of, never been an NBA coach before. And just every way you looked at it, it was just reckless and nuts. And it all paid off. They got the championship. Now it doesn't really matter. I think Kawhi's gone. I don't think there's any way he stays in Toronto. He seems to really want to go somewhere else and go back to the States. But look, and I'm sure Nick Nurse is just going to be an average coach, I would guess. I don't think he's going to be some miracle worker without Kawhi or someone to replace Kawhi as a true stud on the team. And I think Giannis is just going to mow them down next year for sure. But we got to give credit where it's due. And now, of course... The uh, is it the Washington Wizards? I guess are are uh, planning yeah. some massive ten year, ten million or something like ten million a year to to Masai Ujiri. So it even paid off for him. But in a way, he was gambling with someone else's money. Well, no question. And uh, Masai Ujiri also has a little thing he needs to clear up with the city of Oakland as well, because 
after the Raptors won their first championship last Thursday night, Masai Ujiri got in trouble with not bringing the right credentials down to the court. And a security police or something from the, the police department of the city of Oakland, they had a bit of a shoving match going back and forth. And charges have been filed, so it will be interesting to see what happens there. The guy that uh, Ted, uh, the owner of the Washington team, Ted Leonsis. Leonsis, right, the guy that we both thought was a schmuck for allowing Barry Trotz to go to the New York Islanders, and you saw what Coach Trotz did up there with the Islanders. But now this guy is, and Chris is reporting the numbers that I've heard as well, $10 million a year for 10 years to come and be the opera. He does everything. He is going to be the guy supposedly for not only the basketball team but the hockey team as well. What does a guy from Nigeria know about hockey? Interesting to see. But it'll, it'll be an... I, I think... I really believe, though, if Masai Ujiri is smart, and we know he's a gambler, congratulations, I think he needs to stay in Toronto. Um, I think he can build a legacy there. I think he can build... Uh, he can build his... And, you know, he is Canadian. Um, but I just think... For him, long term, now having done the unthinkable, which is bring an NBA title to Toronto, I think he can get a lot more for him in regard to his career. I think he can get a lot more done staying in Toronto because that's going to be a hell of a tough job if they do what a lot of people, and I think Chris and I have already said it, if they lose Kawhi Leonard, they still have some nice pieces, but are they the Eastern Conference uh, favorites next year? No. I don't care what anybody says. I don't believe Marc Gasol will play much more after this season. I think he's done what he's going to do. What do you have left? I mean, sure, you've got some nice pieces. Pasquale Siakam has been outstanding. They still got Kyle Lowry. You still got uh, OG Anunoby will come back from his injury and be a force next year. But you don't have that bell cow. That's what, that's what Leonard is for the Toronto Raptors. That's what Giannis is for the Bucs. That's what LeBron is for the Lakers. That's what four guys are for the Golden State Warriors when they're all on the court at the same time. I just think at this point, Masai Ujiri, yeah, he can take the quick cash fix, and nobody would blame him for that. I just think he can make as much money, probably even more. Larry Tannenbaum is a smart man. Well, maybe. That's, I bet, a bit debatable. But I just think that Masai Ujiri would be better off building his legacy uh, in Toronto as the head of basketball or head of that basketball team and then give him a stake, you know, give him a bigger position in Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment or something. But I just think staying in Toronto at this point instead of going down for and work for a, a whack job like Ted Leonsis is might be difficult for anybody at this point in their respective careers. Yeah, look, Masai Ujiri, I know it all worked out, and I'm not taking anything away. I'm admitting that we were really hard on him, and it all worked out. But at the same time, that's not necessarily something that I would look at as another team and think that he can just keep taking these reckless moves and making them work every time. Anybody can just go in there, fire a good coach, and then hotshot your best player for for an even better player who doesn't really want to play for you. Anyone can do that. Uh, but maybe some people aren't as willing to. But, I mean, if I'm a team like, let's say, the Lakers, who wants, number one, someone who's a scapegoat who can take some of the heat off the shitty ownership, and number two is going to 
uh, try to get something done short-sightedly and immediately because of the closing window of LeBron James, I don't know if we want to call it prime, but whatever's left of that, then yeah, maybe some team like the Lakers would want someone like that. But for most teams, you want to build slowly, carefully for the long haul. And I don't think Masai Ujiri is the guy for that job. He's shown to be reckless, not just with firing Dwayne Casey and trading Mar DeRozan, even though they worked out, they were still extremely risky, short-sighted moves. And then, of course, when he did the same thing in Denver with George Carl, after George Carl was the reigning coach of the year, you know, I mean, no team is used to seeing that unless you're the Calgary Flames or something, <laughs> you know, you know, like, oh, hey, what awards, let's get rid of them. Like, so look, it's, it's, it's great that it worked. It's amazing that it worked and all the credit to him. But to think that he's going to be now uh, just routinely doing this. Yeah, you can't establish a pattern of excellence off of one thing, you know, especially when it's a hot shot, short sighted move. So I I don't see it. If you're another team looking at this thinking he's going to bring championships to your city. I'm not that confident. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Um, we've got things in the National Hockey League to talk about, but maybe we'll save that and, and kind of maybe dedicate one of our episodes this week to the National Hockey League. Obviously, we've got to congratulate the St. Louis Blues. Unbelievable job. Doug Armstrong, uh, Craig Berube, what a job they've all done. Got some news and notes about that. But since we've been talking about the NBA, I do want to make mention of this. And this is, you know... This is what kind of bothers me a little bit. And and Chris has, has touched on this many times during our year and a half, whatever, how long, almost two years, I guess, we've been together. Um, idolatry and what people think about and and people putting music superstars and celebrities in general on a different plateau just because does does the superstars put their drawers on any differently than normal everyday guys like Chris and I? I don't think so. They may have just more Mr. T starter kit around their neck when they're doing it, but they aren't any more special than they they've got a talent and uh but what what I'm getting at here is that this is what this is really bothers me. This Drake fella. <laughs> He has become, um, you know, I know he is a, what they call a special liaison in the Toronto Raptors organization. He's a Canadian born Raptor, uh, uh, rapper, excuse me. And, um, obviously he's, he's well-connected. He's Drake. People know him. He's one of these guys that has to have one name, Drake, Madonna, whatever. Um, but the NBA had to go out of their way because of the shenanigans that Drake gets away with on the sidelines at Raptors home games. He was a factor in the Milwaukee games in the in Toronto in the Eastern Conference Final. He made himself a player, a player in the uh, NBA Finals <laughs> against the Golden State Warriors. But <laughs> keep the goddamn musicians in the stands, and when they're on the stage doing their thing, then they can do whatever they have to do. But the NBA had to send a note to Drake to, and uh, I've got the note right here. The NBA told Drake not to travel to Oakland last Thursday for the game six, which became the clincher for the Raptors. Just incidentally, just so you know, the Raptors were the first team to win four games. They won the regular season game and they won the three playoff games in Oakland. That's the first time that's happened since the 70-70 
the 70-71 Milwaukee Bucks. I remembered that because A, it's the Milwaukee Bucks, but B, that was the last time the Bucks won a championship when they won four games in Oracle Arena. But the NBA had to tell Drake to stay away from Oakland for security reasons. If that half-pint moron wants to go to Oakland and shoot off his mouth and get shot, hey, so be it. Um, you know, we've lost music uh, guys in front of arenas before. Who's that rapper that got shot in front of the MGM years ago? Tupac? Tupac. He's got more talent. He had more talent than Drake does. If Drake wants to go to Oakland and get shot, that's everybody takes a chance when you go into Oakland. The only difference is this guy's got his Mr. T starter kit and he's got a big mouth. He's taking away... In my opinion, he's taking away from what the Raptors just accomplished, which is winning an NBA championship, winning their first Lawrence O'Brien trophy. And this pinhead is taking away, in my opinion, is taking away from what the Raptors, Raptors accomplished on the court. Well, everyone, you should definitely listen to Mike Jansen when he talks about a subject he knows very well, which is antagonizing the citizens of Oakland, Yep, both with OJ and with Drake here. Both stories tie into that nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Drake, you know what I do with him when he's all on the sideline doing whatever he's doing? I just Here's a fun game you can play. I just pretend he's the Philly fanatic. Oh, and, he, okay. and he's just sitting one, yeah. there and he's just kind of blah, blah, and he's just doing whatever. And I just pretend he's big and green and right. furry and goofy looking more than he is already. <laughs> and and, uh, and it's a lot more fun when you just picture that Drake is actually some sort of uh, Canadian Philly fanatic. It's actually a lot of fun to watch him on there then. So uh, you can just do that if you're annoyed with him. But hey, he his, he he's a diehard supporter of his team. He's the Jack Nicholson of the Toronto Raptors. And he's uh, he's happy, and uh, you know, a whole nation seems to be pretty that happy. That is a great analogy that you just came up with. He is the Raptors version of Jack Nicholson. The only thing I would say, though, never during a game, and I don't think Nicholson has been as prevalent at Laker games the last couple of years because the Lakers have sucked. But when the Lakers were winning championships every other year, Nicholson was right there. But I still don't to this day, and obviously I've been following the Lakers for 100 years, I never saw Jack Nicholson during a game go up to either Jack McKinney, Pat Riley, Rudy Tomjanovich was the coach of the Lakers there for a year, um, all the different Laker coaches. I've never seen Jack Nicholson go up and give anybody a neck rub. I, I just, I think that, you can certainly be a passionate fan, no question about it. More of his buddies from the music business that become Raptors fans, that's probably good for the Raptors organization. You know, it's 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 a worldwide thing now, folks. There are Raptor fans just like there are Lakers fans, Bucks fans, and from around the world because of the internet and, and everything else. But I don't think that entertainers, musicians, or anybody not involved with the organization, the team, should be involved during the playing of the game. So maybe it's closer to he is the Raptors version of Spike Lee then. There you go. Maybe. I, maybe. I, that, that Spike Lee-Reggie Miller feud was really entertaining. Was, absolutely. But again, there was no touching involved. No, but they if you would have let I, those two at it. Probably, oh, I, <laughs> I bet they, and I bet under, after the game in the, in, the, in the bowels of Madison Square Garden, I bet there was a lot of beacon off I going think, on between yeah. Reggie Miller and Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. And and there was some beacon off going on the court. I remember when Reggie Miller oh, had yeah. those three three-pointers in the last 11 seconds that stole the game oh, in yeah. the 95 playoffs. And every time Reggie Miller made a shot, he's looking over to beak off at Spike Lee. And remember, folks, 
Reggie Miller for being 190 pounds dripping wet. He couldn't have fought himself out of a paper bag, but he had the biggest mouth on the floor. Unbelievable the way he would talk trash. Fortunately for him, he he hit a few jumpers. But you want to ever get it, Reggie Miller? This is the simplest way to do it. Ask him how many rings he won. None. <laughs> no None. worse than Spike Lee or the Knicks in any lately. <laughs> well, has has Spike though? Let me let me ask you this. I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. Has Spike Lee ever won in the in the in the movie world? Has he won an Oscar or won an Emmy or? Because I know he's 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 produced a lot of you know obviously some iconic things commercials. Uh, the Jordan commercial was the Jordan brand when Michael came out with those shoes in the 80s. That was Mars Blackman. Remember, that was Spike Lee. He was the one that designed those and created those commercials. Um, Do the Right Thing and some of the other movies that he's made. Has he ever won an Oscar or an Emmy? Yeah, he's won a, he actually won an Oscar this year for Best Adapted Screenplay. Well, there you go. For Black Klansman. But in fairness, Reggie Miller was playing... Thirty years, uh, twenty-five years ago. Now, well, also a competitive, objective sport, which has a short shelf life, whereas Spike Lee has something you can do your entire life, and is completely subjective. And as a, I believe, a fairly left-wing person, that's uh, always going to make the uh, awards givers, the Academy, as they say, right, right. love you a lot. So it, that that's a bit of a rigged shell game there, by in comparison to Reggie Miller being a small guy and having to try and compete against giants physically. Uh, speaking of which, I think. Uh, no question in my mind, I don't care how small he is, he's still a professional athlete, and I would take Reggie Miller, even today, I would take Reggie Miller over Spike Lee in a fight any day of the week. Um, before we get out of here on this 200, and, or excuse me, I always do that. It doesn't matter if we take a month off or a, a week <laughs> off. We're in the 300s, dipshit. Before we put a wrap on this 355th episode of Unscripted, I do want to make one mention, and I mentioned it earlier in this podcast, about the big Laker trade yesterday. And again, it can't become final till I think the date was July 6th or something like that. And if they hold off, and and I don't know how this works, maybe somebody can explain this to Chris and I, but if they hold off in announcing the trade till July 27th, the Lakers get, they would have $33.5 million in cap space. If they announce the trade on July the 6th, the Lakers only have 276 available cap space how that works i don't know maybe somebody can explain that to me but i want to talk about this trade real quick and you know the biggest benefactor of this trade not the lakers well in a in a in a and i'll get there in a roundabout way yes the lakers but the physical lakers team are not the biggest benefactors the new orleans pelicans are maybe the worst benefactors why because the Lakers have now rid themselves of LeVar Ball. That is the best news of the day right there. That wannabe piece of shit. He can't even aspire to be a piece of shit. He's just a piece of shit. He says that after his son got traded that the Lakers, and I quote, will never win another championship. <laughs> that tells me right there when that career 2.0 bench player from Washington State, the Cougars, when he's saying the Lakers will never win another Nash, another championship, I don't think Vegas agrees. Vegas, is, Vegas has already made the Lakers favorites for next year's NBA championship at 7-2. to two. Guess who came in at 6-1? to one? Yes, your Milwaukee Bucks. I'm excited. Um, 
I just, I'm so happy that the Lakers have gotten rid of that cancer and they don't have to listen to LeVar Ball anymore. It's amazing. I just, I, you know, I'm a Laker fan. I feel cleansed that I don't have to read about Lonzo Ball. And yesterday they had LeVar Ball on, on some show and he says, you know, I told you guys, I told, I don't do LeVar Ball very well because I don't do meathead. Um, but LeVar Ball says on tele, uh, channel five in LA yesterday, he says, you know, I told the Lakers, I told them you get the three ball brothers and you're going to have multiple championships. Um, no LeVar, Larry, Moe and Curly, the three of them are not bringing multiple championships to Los Angeles. Love Anthony Davis gets you closer, but the three ball brothers. No, uh, uh-uh. no, 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 no. I just can't believe that someone hasn't put a muzzle in this guy's mouth yet. Oh, LeVar Ball. Yeah, more full of shit than John Wayne's large intestine. And yeah, I shouldn't have said that as Mike was just... That was good. I gotta write that down. I just thought of that. Yeah, That's That's really good. Thank you. Okay, well, as a nice little preview of Freeform Friday here, let me just uh, go to a tweet that came out two hours ago from Katie Nolan at Katie Nolan. Oh, boy, this is just great. Uh, This is true, by the way. Uh, LeVar just said on first take that the reason he said he didn't want the Lakers to send Lonzo to the Pelicans is because he did want them to. I was playing chess, he says, which is famously not something a person playing chess would say. Anyway, nobody believes you, LeVar. (laughs) This is pretty dumb. If I was the Pelicans, I would have just asked for an extra first-round pick and you can keep Lonzo. I I really would have. Other than that, though, this is a really great trade for the Pelicans, and I just think their their franchise is set up so nicely. you got the first and fourth picks in a sweet draft here. You're going to get Zion, I guess they'll take. Mm -hmm. I do think that they'll probably miss out on R.J. Barrett, who by all accounts, seems to be the guy who will end up being the best player out of this draft. And I'm wondering, like you've said, is Zion really going to be that great, especially long term? But for now, he'll be exciting. He'll energize the fan base. And as we've seen with the Saints, New Orleans uh, really has a lot of passion to give the fan, to give their sports team. So I think this could really usher in a new era for the New Orleans Pelicans. They're just, they're deep now. They've got picks to spare. They're really set up for the future. Oh, I got to tell you something I heard over the weekend. One of the things that David Griffin did, he is the new uh, president of basketball operations for the New Orleans Pelicans. He was the former general manager with LeBron in Cleveland. When they won in 2016, he quit. He'd had enough of working with meathead Dan Gilbert. But one of the things David Griffin did, one of the first things he did, I don't know if you know this, I just I just learned of it over the weekend, that... One of the first things that Griffin did was fire the whole medical staff <laughs> of the New Orleans Pelicans and brought in a whole new medical staff. No affiliation with the New Orleans Saints because, as Chris has said, they couldn't figure out the difference between a broken bone and a contusion or something like that. You said a funny line a long time ago when they had misdiagnosed some guy's injury. He has been lauded throughout the basketball community for what he got in regard to Anthony Davis. The New York uh, Knicks never submitted a bid, and it really became the Lakers to lose, and the Lakers have forfeited their future, folks. Uh, I don't know how they, right now on their roster, they've got LeBron, they've got Anthony uh, uh, Anthony Davis, they've got a couple of Ham and Eggers, they got to keep Kyle Kuzma, which was good, but besides those three, I don't know what else they have. They think they're going to get Kawhi, they think they're still in the running for... Uh, the pinhead uh, that was with 
with uh, Kyrie Irving, my favorite player. They still think they're going to get Kyrie Irving. They still think they're going to get a whole bunch of things. But the problem is right now they've got three legitimate NBA players on their roster. And Vegas has made them the seven to two favorites to win the 2020 NBA championship. So somebody knows something that we don't out there, but there's a lot of rosters yet to be filled for the Los Angeles Lakers before they go to training camp in early October for damn sure. Yeah. So they were announced at seven to one as soon as the Raptors won. And then it essentially went seven to two. They, as soon as the trade was announced, it went to three to one. Now, both of those are ludicrous for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in six years. And that's great that AD is so talented and is a former first overall pick. However, his health is still a big question mark, and I think this is a big gamble. I, I see with the Lakers, unlike the Raptors, Lakers had to do it because LeBron's window is closing here Correct. for for uh, you know longevity in the NBA. But uh, you know, I don't I don't fault them for that. But AD is not an uh, not a slam dunk, shall we say, to uh, play a lot of games here. But uh, lastly, I'll just say with David Griffin, I love that story. And as we go to air. Uh, I have not been able to get any confirmation if uh, his firing of them was uh, had anything to do with them misdiagnosing his astigmatism as gonorrhea. So, so I'll keep working on that <laughs> Oh, it's for good to be back. We've <laughs> yeah. got a run on this 355th episode of Unscripted. We thank all of you for joining us and certainly hope that you continue to do so. And also, again, a quick shout-out of thanks to all the people that have been downloading Chris was telling me uh, just the other day that we had a bunch of of uh, downloads in Spain, and I'm maybe it's I said something nice about uh, Sebe Ballesteros, the greatest Spanish golfer of all time, and I'm not including Sergio Garcia in that mess. But for my new friends in Spain, thank you. I don't know, is it gracias? And it, it would still be the same yeah, it's as, still it's still Spanish. Yeah, gracias. It's, yeah. Now uh, we always say really nice things about uh, Rafael Nadal. That's true, right? That's and and by the way, twelfth French Open title. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. What do you remember last year after after the conclusion of the French Open? His record on clay was eighty six and three. So now obviously eighty six and two, eighty six and two. And now, uh, how many do you have to win to win? How many matches do you have to win to to bring home? The uh, there's that. Uh, it's before. It's like I think it starts around a sixty four or one twenty eight. It's, it's I don't a, know. anyway, so, but it's it's a lot. So yeah. let's say his record now is ninety and two. Something like that. Oh, more than that. Yeah. But, but yeah. it's it's just, yeah. Rafael Nadal, congratulations again. for. And here, yeah. put it this way. You know how we always talk about how great Michael Jordan is for his, uh, and because this is where Michael Jordan really shines against LeBron James, which is six finals appearances, six titles, six right. and oh. Right. Uh, Rafa Nadal, 12 French Open final appearances, 12 wins. I know ten- tennis is a bit of elitist sport, and I never played it because I was always on the golf course. But think about it this way. F- uh, Federer's got 20 major championships and we don't put him in the same stratosphere as they do tiger woods and i think 20 major championships i don't give a damn what field it is even the ones i don't respect you win 20 major championships in your chosen field you're pretty damn good i mean that's all i gotta say yeah i mean the tennis players often end up being the most underrated of all uh roger federer i mean to try and compare that to some other sport it, it, it just doesn't translate it would right. be it would just sound too ridiculous I mean it would be at least as dominant as the Patriots and probably more so really so how about Serena Williams with 23 majors exactly, exactly. I mean I, know. I mean we did that list a while back I know. I which know. Uh, where we made sure to include some of them like Serena on the list and Michael he, Phelps needed to be that was that ESPN list yeah like we had like 
I, like I think I had what were Phelps and Serena in my top three, I think, or top five for sure. And like we had we, we had to throw a hockey player in there because nobody even put a hockey player in that stupid list. So for this was the ESPN when the magazine came out about this time last year. They came out with a top twenty for the years that ESPN had been producing ESPN the magazine. And in this top twenty, they somehow unbelievably forgot Michael Phelps. Yeah. And how many fucking gold medals has he won in swimming? Yeah, like you... 22? And he's not in the top 20? He has to be in the top three or your list doesn't make any sense. Yeah, 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 It it has to be top three automatically. And no hockey players? We've got to run on this 300. We could go another whole episode Mm -hmm. on on who was omitted from that list. ESPN has has no credibility in regard to this list. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got to run on this 355th episode of Unscripted. I was trying to say this a couple minutes ago, but then got off. But that's me. (laughs) Um, We can do that. We're Unscripted. Thanks to everybody. Hope that it continues and uh, a lot of things to talk about. We'll get to it later this week, but uh, we've got, again, I just keep rambling on here and it's, it's really cool. It's really good to do. I, you, know, you take two <laughs> weeks off and before that I was gone for two weeks down in Vegas. So yeah, my lips are really working well. We got to run for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke. I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.